Our morning series at the moment is titled, Why Did the Father Send His Son? Well, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is such a glorious thing, such an extensive thing, such a transforming thing, such a miraculous thing, containing such depths of truth and grace and mercy that even Jesus used multiple illustrations in order to convey its meaning and to answer that question about why he came into the world as he did, sent by the Father as he was. And so he uses multiple illustrations and parables to convey the meaning of the gospel in a way that we can begin to grasp and understand the height and length and breadth and depth of all of its truths. In Luke chapter 15, you'll find there that the whole of the chapter contains three of the most well-known parables that Jesus taught, and all of them have as their theme something lost, which is found. And then in the equally well-known story of Christ's encounter with the tax collector Zacchaeus, which we looked at a few weeks ago now in the middle of September, we have there a real-life example of a lost sinner found by Jesus. And it's with reference to the salvation of Zacchaeus that Jesus then immediately declares that he, the Son of Man, and that's the title that he he frequently used of himself. He has come to save that which was lost. He's come seeking and saving the lost. We saw last week that he's come to preach and he's come to preach the, about the kingdom of God and he's come to preach the gospel, a gospel of repentance and salvation. And he's come to save that which is lost. What I want to do this morning is bring together the parable of the lost sheep, that's in the opening verses of Luke chapter 15, place alongside that the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son as it's often referred to, that's from verse 11 of Luke chapter 15, and then place alongside those two parables that real-life encounter that Jesus had with Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. And I want to do so specifically to help us understand three things. Firstly, what our lostness is. What does it mean to be lost? And then to see that we have a need to be found. And then thirdly, to see that finding lost sinners is what Jesus does. So, first of all, the Bible teaches that each one of us is someone lost. Someone lost. Let's think about these three lost things that we've mentioned from Luke. First, we have a lost sheep. And here we see a careless wandering away. 
you can perhaps imagine what's happened as the sheep with its head down to the ground as it follows the path of the grass in front of it and occasionally perhaps looking around to see where the next patch of grass is it gradually wanders away from the rest of the flock not really realizing that it's happening at the time and eventually it becomes completely separated and it may be some time before it realizes that it's completely alone but now it is all alone and it's become extremely vulnerable perhaps it suddenly found that it's just chewed its very last mouthful of the green stuff and as it looks around for the next juicy morsel there's none to be seen anywhere and no other sheep either but there are predators predators out there and some of them would see alone sheep as easy prey a lone sheep makes for an easy target compared to one that, that is in a flock and being protected by a shepherd. It's been thoughtless, it's been careless. It's just done its own thing. It's had no regard for where it could end up if it stopped following the shepherd. And now it's completely lost. People in their sin are just like that with God, thoughtless, careless. They have no thought for God, they have no care for God, doing their own thing with no regard for where it might all end up. Are there any lost sheep listening this morning? And then next we have a lost son he is in a predicament which is all of his own making, but for a very different reason. He's been greedy, selfish, and he has set out to satisfy all of his lusts and desires. This has been a very calculated thing that he has done. Foolish, but not thoughtless in the way that the sheep was thoughtless. He's thought this through long and hard. And he, he's decided exactly where he was going to go and what he was going to do if he can only manage to persuade his father to give him his inheritance now instead of waiting. And we see the son chasing after worldly pleasures. We call that hedonism chasing, pursuing, godless, sinful pleasures, believing that satisfying the lusts of his mind and the cravings of his body, this is what will bring him true joy, real fulfilment. But he's failed to see that any enjoyment or fulfilment that he may get from it can only be a very fleeting and temporary thing. The things of this world are only temporary and their joys are short-lived and soon gone. 
and all too quickly and easily spoiled by something else. And very soon, all of his money was gone and with no wad of cash to flash, those who he thought were his friends were soon gone too. And here is a different aspect of being lost. It wasn't that he didn't know where he was, but he suddenly realised that he has no place, no friends, no home, and no one to blame but himself. For, for a short time, it seemed as if he was a somebody in the world, but now he's a nobody. The truth is he's always been a nobody, but previously he was a nobody with money so that he could afford to entertain himself with all of the sinful pleasures of the world. And for a time, that fooled him. For a time, that gave him some sense of belonging and a false sense of fulfilment. But now, he's a nobody with nothing. When you have exhausted your store of endurance, when your strength has failed, when the day is half done, when you reach the end of your hoarded resources, you suddenly realise you're someone's lost son. And the place he once called home and any form of happiness now all seems so very far away. People in their sin are just like that with God. He and the happiness that is found in him is just so far away. And why? Because they left him far behind. Is there a lost son or daughter listening this morning? And thirdly, there's someone like Zacchaeus, and he is also lost. Now, in Zacchaeus, there was a man who was a fraudulent chief tax collector. Here's someone who has been prepared to rip off his fellow Jews as he's collecting taxes for Rome. Ruthless, self-serving, exploiting people left, right and centre, phenomenally rich, and a man who has probably managed to sanitise his conscience to such a degree that he believes and behaves as if his... Riches are all the result of legitimate enterprise and the fair reward for a hard day's work. But he's just a con man and a cheat and a thief. He's probably getting richer and richer by the day and can afford pretty much anything that this world had on offer 2,000 years ago. But is it perhaps that we see in Zacchaeus 
a man who in his own soul knows that there is something that he is lacking and no amount of his considerable fortune has ever been able to purchase it for him and it eludes him still. It's not so much that he is lost but rather it's dawned upon him that there is something that has become lost to him that he hasn't yet found. Maybe, just maybe, this Jesus is the answer. Maybe this Jesus has the thing that he knows he lacks. If he has, it's worth climbing a tree for. And so in those three pictures that the Bible gives us in Luke's gospel, we have a sheep with no shepherd, we have a son with no father, and we have a tax collector with everything, but who in his sins has a gaping hole in his life. Perhaps this morning you can recognise yourself somewhere in all of this lostness. The Bible has a wonderful message of good news and hope for people just like you and just like me. Whoever you are, wherever you are, however you are, there is someone seeking those who are lost in their sins. There is, secondly, someone seeking. And I want to tell you why this is good news. Why is it good news that Jesus is seeking those who are lost? Well, let's think of the sheep. Reading a map isn't his strongest suit. The battery in his sat-nav is dead. And the reputation that sheep have for not being the brightest star in the sky remains undisputed. The sheep is never going to find its own way back home. And it's in big trouble. But it does have one hope. And that is a shepherd who loves it enough to come and search for it and who will not stop until he's found it. If only there were a shepherd like that. Jesus said, he is that good shepherd. And he's come into the world to seek and to save lost sheep. Think of the sun. Things couldn't really be more desperate for a young Jewish man from such a good home who's been given such a promising start in life, yet now is working feeding pigs who have more to eat than he does. If only someone could persuade him 
that the right thing to do right now is to confess the right royal mess he's made of things and to get up, turn around, head for home and plead his father's forgiveness and pray and hope that his father will be merciful towards him. Jesus says in John's Gospel that following his earthly ministry, he would return home to his heavenly Father so that both he and the Father together could send the Holy Spirit into the world. And what would they send the Holy Spirit to do? He would open lost, sinful hearts and minds and cause them to see just how lost they are. And he would convince sinful, lost men and women, boys and girls, of the truth of the gospel and bring conviction of sin and bring repentance and faith. And just like the lost son, cause them to come to their senses and to do it spiritually before God, even though it may have made no sense whatsoever for years and years. But now, suddenly, today, it does. And they realise that in their sin, they've made a right royal mess of everything. And they get up, they turn around, and they head for home. And although they know they don't deserve anything from God, they plead the Father's forgiveness. And people still do that even today. Because Jesus and the Father still have the Holy Spirit doing his work in the world. And through the Spirit, Jesus continues to seek out the lost, that they might be saved. Think of Zacchaeus. He wakes up one day hearing that Jesus is passing through town and he gets this urge to go and see him. Has this been building up for a while in Zacchaeus? Or has it just come upon him that morning? We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. It could be either. But this feeling, this conv conviction, maybe just a curiosity, is building and building within him. And he runs ahead on the road that he knows Jesus will be taking through the town. And he climbs a tree to get a good view and waits. And as Jesus arrives at his tree, Jesus stops. He knows Zacchaeus is there. He knows his name. And he calls him down and he invites himself into his home. Because Jesus came into the world to seek and to save the lost. And today, it's the turn of Zacchaeus. Because Jesus has come to Jericho today to seek and save him. 
Nothing will stop him from doing it. Why not? Because this is why the Father sent him. And for this he has come into the world. Salvation came to the home of Zacchaeus that day. And Zacchaeus became someone found. He was someone lost, but someone came seeking. And now Zacchaeus is someone found. Now the story of Zacchaeus begins with him looking for Jesus. But the thing that changed him forever was actually that Jesus came looking for him. And those whom Jesus seeks, he always finds. And those he finds, he saves. The proof that Jesus has found and saved Zacchaeus was the immediate change that came over his life. He makes this generous restitution with all the people who he's wronged in the town. Probably quite a lot of them. The lost son was brought to his senses and went home. He arrives in great humility, sorrowful, repentant, knowing that he deserves no mercy or grace from his father. But what a scene of rejoicing we see there. This son was as dead to me, says the father, but he's alive. He was lost, but is found. And the son is enveloped in the loving, tender, merciful, forgiving arms of his father. He's alive. He's found. He's back home. And it's a glorious reunion that takes place between the two. That young man knew what it was to have exhausted his store of endurance. For your strength to fail when the day is half done. To reach the end of your hoarded resources but then to return home and find that his father's full giving is only begun. Can you not see the wonderful things that Jesus puts before you here in these pictures that we find in the Bible? How very far away from God we have all wandered in our sins. It's because of thoughtlessness and carelessness, having no thought or care for God. It's by heading off on our own without him, against him. It's by chasing after worldly, godless, sinful pleasures, the satisfying of the lusts of the mind and the cravings of the body, believing that by doing that for myself, that is what will bring me lasting joy and fulfilment. It's by the accumulation of all that the world has on offer 
no matter what it means I have to do in order to obtain it, regardless of who I trample over or even destroy as I'm doing it. Whether you are the vilest of sinners or whether it might seem that by comparison your sins seem to be quite benign compared to that from a a human worldly perspective regardless all of us in our sins have become lost from God and lost to the world and to our sin all of you though your individual circumstances may vary very much indeed all of you need Jesus to do for you what you see him do in these three pictures in these stories that are related to us there two are just stories that Jesus told parables and one the real events in the life of a real man you need to hear him call you by your name you need to hear him through these truths which the Bible places before you and as he calls you irresistibly in the depth of your soul by his spirit you need him to visit you with his salvation you need him to open your heart and your mind from your spiritual blindness so that like the sun you may come to your senses and then come to your heavenly father and to do so in humble repentance and sorrow over your sins Some of you may be feeling like you just don't have anything left at all. Don't worry. Just cry out to him for mercy and for his help. And just like that lost sheep, he'll pick you up, he'll place you on his shoulders and he'll carry you home rejoicing. Rejoicing in one more who has turned from their sins to Jesus Christ in repentance, who was lost but now is found. Jesus, the Saviour, this gospel to tell joyfully came came with the helpless and hopeless to dwell, sharing their sorrow and shame, seeking the lost, saving, redeeming, at measureless cost. That measureless cost will be our theme next Sunday as we hear Jesus proclaim that he has come to give his life a ransom for many. For that is how he saves.
this Jesus who died for sinners in order that he might save them. And then he comes seeking, calling, drawing them to himself. Have you heard his voice? Will you not come to him? We're going to conclude this morning by singing together of a wonderful love, tender and true. Out of the heart of the Father above, streaming to me and to you. Wonderful love dwells in the heart of the Father above. He it is who sent Jesus, his Son, into the world. He's come to seek and to save that which is lost. <laughs>